This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. Hi, it's Vanessa from the Fighting Stigma Show on Free FM. Are you a Waikato local? Do you have an idea for a radio show? Do you want to try your hand at being a content creator on Free FM? If so, check out our website on freefm.org.nz or find Free FM on Facebook and get in touch. Listen to up on Free FM, RFM, and MPR. As always, I'm Grady, and live on Skype, we got Josh. Hey. Uh, this has been a big week for NXT, obviously with NXT War Games, but also just this week's NXT, seeing a couple of send-offs and a couple of special events. So uh, let's just focus on uh, the black and gold brand, or the paint splatter brand, for as long as we, we need, and we'll pop on over to Raw and SmackDown after that, but... Uh, to open up, we're going to talk about this women's war games match that did open up the pay per view. Uh, Cora Jade, Io Shirai, Kaylee Ray, and Raquel Gonzalez coming out on top of Dakota Kai and Toxic Attraction. Not really that big of a surprise, really. I think we, I think we both expected it. I think you wanted uh, Toxic Attraction to win more because of your girl Dakota, but I think we both knew this was the outcome. Yeah, as much as I wanted to support Dakota Kai and Gigi Dolan, um, the the more obvious outcome was the the faces picking up the win here. I guess what maybe I didn't expect uh, as much was just how much focus there was uh, on Cora yeah. Jade. Yeah, I think that was the biggest thing to be taken away. This match was made for Cora Jade to shine in, which I think we alluded to last week. Hmm. Because I thought we thought if there was anybody on the facing that would get shiny, it would be the youngster. Um, considering everybody else either has already has a storyline or has already been champion. Um, so I like that they they made it about Korra um, for this match, including picking up the win, which mm. is big. Um, this was her moment in the sun the way Raquel had a one a couple years ago in a war games match. Yeah. Like there's, there's one point to say that like maybe the matches, uh, sit there to sort of shine a light on Cora Jade, but honestly the entire structure of this match was built around Cora Jade, like her, her dive off the top, her, uh, selling of an injury, everybody sort of checking up on her and then toxic attraction teaming up on her. She had that one V three moment, uh, as well, and as you say, picking up the win as well at the end. Yeah, um, there was, uh, so I think we, we realized they want to go places with her. Um, just the question is, how long do they wait to pull that trigger? Because um, I, I do think Mandy still has a bit of a run with her and uh, with the title, but I could definitely see in, say, six months' time or something, them building up Cora J to the point where she can legitimately take the title from Mandy Rose. Mm-hmm. And this whole night was about the future. Yeah. Um, so and so we had to get that right off the get go with 
with Cora star making night. Uh, yeah, Cora up against as well toxic attraction. Uh, obviously, Mandy Rose being a little bit uh, more of a veteran there, but young stars as well. Um, quite a bit of showcase um, for the NXT 2.0 brand. You know, was, that was sort of the as you say theme of the night. It was the concept of the main event match, uh, which we will get to. And each each match throughout the night had it at least featured a 2.0 superstar and furthered uh, their careers. For example, the NXT Tag Team Championships that were on the line. Um, although Imperium successfully retained the belts in what was a great match, Fabian Eichner looked amazing in this, uh, the storyline out of it was Kyle O'Reilly and Von Wagner. Yeah. Um, Imperium's Imperium. They're, they're, they're good, good workers. But yeah, it was definitely about... Von Wagner betraying Kyle Riley, which I think uh, just about everybody saw coming. Even Kyle. Yeah, because because Kyle perfectly had a knife stuck in his back for the last two years. So why not just twist it a little bit more? <laughs> um, I, I liked the twist with Kyle kind of expecting the turn um, and, and not being sort of caught off guard by it. I quite like that piece, but... Um, we we knew coming into this, you know, Kyle O'Reilly contract running up, uh, teaming with Von Wagner, a bright young 2.0 star. It's not really a overall surprising ending to this match. No, and he he will really, he's leaving in the right way by putting over a new guy because he had a steel cage match with Von Wagner on NXT hmm. and. Uh, von Wagner won and was made to look like an absolute monster ready to set tear on, on NXT 2.0, which is exactly what they, they needed. So I'm, I'm fine with the, if he decides to go join his buddies in AEW, which is the most likely thing that's going to happen. Uh, I wish he would have stayed a little bit longer, but eh, he had some good matches. I've enjoyed what he did, and I'm moving on. Yeah, I, I think, as you say, the most likely outcome is that he does go back to uh, to Bobby Fish uh, at a minimum, um, and probably the rest of, uh, with Adam Cole and the Young Bucks, etc. Um, but only time will tell. Uh, it is one of those ones where the contract has, has run up, which means he could appear as soon as uh, he wants over there. Um, so we'll have to see how quickly as well that trigger gets pulled. He could show up at Winter is Coming, for example. Um, we'll have to, we'll have to wait and see. Uh, and let's, let's just go on to the next match as well. Hair versus hair match. You should be quite happy because your boy Cameron Grimes was able to beat my boy Duke Hudson. Yeah, um, it, it really won't hurt Duke that much because he'll get his win back in next week. Hill. Um, this was this was a good match. Um, Cameron, I think Cameron just works with the the character he has and everything with the wild and crazy look. Um, Duke is Duke's character can work with or without hair, so it didn't matter. Uh, I do think he beats the ever living tar out of Car Cameron Grimes next week on NXT because they're having a no holds barred match. So I do think he uh, he gets 
his win back. Mm. And then some with beating the living tar out of <laughs> out of Cameron Grimes. That's what you get when you shave my boy bald. You get the tar beaten out of you. You don't mess with my boy, mm. Duke Hudson. Um, but again, this is one of those ones where, as you say, the whole point of this match, even though Cameron Grimes, uh, I guess, would fall under that black and gold sort of banner, uh, Duke Hudson coming out of this is going to, to start picking up wins and, and move forward and be a bit more featured as well. I feel like Duke Hudson is going to be pretty important in the, uh, in the 2.0 brand heading forward. Yeah, I think I think it's this is just a, a stepping stone towards his extension. Maybe someday he'll be the uh, the, the North American champion. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, this was just about preserving. I think preserving Cameron, Cameron's gimmick, and then giving Duke a reason to be to get an uh, an edge to him. Yeah, and. Uh... The next match on the card, just checking our time here, uh, was the Cruiserweight Championship match. Uh, Roderick Strong and the Diamond Mine coming out successful, uh, after defeating another 2.0 star, Joe Gacy, uh, and then seemingly on NXT sort of declaring, I guess, what Joe wanted, which was the sort of weight restriction, uh, around the Cruiserweight Championship seems to be fading away. Yeah, who, who knows? I I think they may actually be preparing to, to um get rid of the championship entirely. Mm-hmm. I retire it. Um, would they replace it with something else? I don't know. Um, but I I really don't. I haven't seen the point in the, in the cruiserweight championship since they killed two hundred five live off. <laughs> um, and even then, I didn't really see a point in it <laughs> to begin with. Um. It's fine. Uh, I guess it wasn't time for Joe to be champion yet. He can still develop his character a little more. Roger Strong's boring, but he's a, a good wrestler. I think more most important thing maybe coming out of this maybe Harlan. Because yeah. apparently Harlan's having his first match next week as well. Yeah, I don't quite know what is up with uh, with our boy Harland. Um, you know, he tried to mess with some members of the diamond mind on the outside and I guess arguably to a point kind of distracted Joe, uh, possibly leading to the loss, but, uh, don't, don't know what the, the Harland part, I guess, of, of Gacy's character is going to end up being just because, you know, Gacy himself makes a bit of sense with the character and everything, but Harland sort of, sort of a black sheep just hanging around. And uh, then the last match on the card, the men's war games match. Uh, it was it was Team 2.0, headed up by Bron Breaker, uh, also consisting of Carmelo Hayes, Grayson Waller, and uh, Tony D'Angelo, going up against Team Black and Gold, the old veterans, Johnny Gargano, LA Knight, Pete Dunne, and Tommaso Ciampa. And uh, quite a few important things happened throughout that match. Yeah. Um... Yeah, it was a it was an interesting match, that's for sure. Yeah, obviously the the finish to the end of it at the end with with Braun and Champa uh, indicates you know obviously he's not finished with the NXT Championship. He is still coming for it, um, and that'll presumably be a rematch at the next NXT pay per view um, down the line between those two. Uh, Johnny Gargano had a little bit of a. Um, sort of wave goodbye, I guess, to Dexter Loomis, uh, ending that portion. Um, 
of his character as well. And yeah, LA Knight stuck around. <laughs> Seemed pretty, pretty all in on Team Black and Gold throughout. But eventually, you know, Team 2.0 did pick up the win as we'd sort of theorized kind of had to happen. Yeah. Um, this was a, uh, this was a brutal match throughout. Um, the 2.0 definitely had the advantage for most of the, of the match, uh, which goes into the fact that they, with that black and gold willingly gave the advantage to Team 2.0. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, Kind of be expected. The faces always have to have the, uh, the be the downtrodden in this type of match in the underdogs. So I, I'm actually happy I was wrong about my prediction about mm-hmm. LA Knight for carrying the team. Um, yeah, he yeah, stuck around. The, yeah, so it was just, um, it was an absolute war. Um, yeah, it was obvious that there's still something for Braun Breaker to complete his task of going after Tommaso Ciampa, but it doesn't sound like, um, from what I can tell from NXT, that that's exactly where he's going next. At least not at this point. Uh, but it, it was important for him to score the win, mm-hmm. much as it was, surprisingly, for Cora to win the first one. <laughs> um, we expected, though, I think we expected Braun to come out on top of this one. Yeah. Uh, I think if anybody else on 2.0 would have won, that would have been a shocker. Um, yeah, um, I guess we also need to talk about, um, I guess, Johnny Wrestling. Mm-hmm. Uh, they definitely, they gave him some kind of, uh, one heck of a goodbye if he's actually leaving the company. Because that's something you don't actually see that often, the way they did it at the end of NXT. Yeah, he uh, got a whole sort of segment dedicated to the guy. He got to basically say goodbye uh to the nxt universe um and which, yeah finish up yeah um which leads me to think i'm not so sure he's actually leaving the company hmm. um maybe it's the cynic in there <laughs> and there's a lot of that in there. yeah i was gonna that. say that's like 90 um, percent. but i could see johnny gargano showing up on raw or smackdown i really could uh because I don't really see them doing that elaborate of a goodbye for somebody who's going to walk out, out into another company in a month, two months, three months. So I I really think they are that I think, well, I believe well, largely Kyle O'Reilly's gone. Mm-hmm. I still think there's a shot that Johnny Gargano has not wrestled his last match for the company. He may have last wrestled his last match for NXT, but I think there's still a shot he, he may end up on the main roster. Yeah, I, I think, like, we always talk about people weighing up their options. I feel like, as you say, Kyle O'Reilly, gone, burger. He's going to AEW 100%. Johnny Gargano, obviously with Candice LeRae's pregnancy, um, becoming a father, and all of this stuff. I think he's going to take a period off where he will legitimately be free agent, no contract, because as far as we're aware, his NXT contract is up. He he is technically a free agent as far as is sort of publicized. Um, and I think he'll keep it that way for a little while. Um, and then when everything starts to settle down with the family, 
when when the itch starts to come back, uh, then I think he will sort of assess his options then, and whether that's as you say main roster, whether that's AEW. Uh, I have. We we'll have to see. I have a prediction. Okay. The next time we'll see uh, Johnny Gargano, I think will be January 29th. Alrighty. Which is a Saturday, by the way. Okay. I remember pay-per-view dates oh. off by heart. <laughs> You'll probably enter in at about 13, 14. Okay. <laughs> I should have figured it was a January I, Saturday. Yeah, yeah, I'm predicting he'll show up at the Royal Rumble. Yeah. I, I, I just don't know where he wants to go at the moment, and I'm just going to leave it wide open to, to see where he ends up in, in all of this shuffle stuff. Um, but I, I don't think he's going to at least take a good, good month, two months off, I think. Um, and go spend time with Candace and everything like that. So, but for now, these are our goodbyes, uh, to Johnny Gargano and to Kyle O'Reilly with it, with NXT, uh, at least for the short time. And uh, Josh has selected this week for our song to send both of those men off uh, to be not a wrestling theme for once, uh, but instead Frank Sinatra's My Way. And now the end is near And so I face the final curtain My friend I'll say it clear I'll state my case Of which I'm certain I've lived A life that's full I traveled each And every highway And more Much more than this I did it my way Regrets I've had a few But then again Too few to mention I did What I had to do Saw it through Without exemption I planned each charted course, each careful step along the byway, and more, much more than this, I did it my way. Yes, there were times, I'm sure you knew. And you're back with Wrestling Roundup on FreeFM, RFM, and NPR. I'm Grady, he's Josh. Uh, we're a little bit crunched now on the other side to run through Raw and SmackDown stuff. Um, basically, Sami Zayn, uh, if we're talking SmackDown, had his shot at the, uh, at the Universal Championship. Didn't go well. Um, yeah. Yeah, this is what happens when you listen to Brock Lesnar. Um, yeah, he basically got goaded into, uh, taking his title shot, uh, immediately rather than the initial plan of doing it at day one. 
<laughs> and honestly, I can't blame him because Brock's like three times his size. <laughs> uh, he could snap him like a twig if he wanted to. Uh, and he did, to be fair. He took him to uh, Suplex City, hit him with some F5s before his match, just to guarantee Zane wouldn't uh, wouldn't make it. Yeah, it was a it was a kind of expected. I mean, once once they make the announcement that the match is happening at night, it, there was no other option. There was no other outcome. There was never any outcome. Zane, Sami Zayn wasn't winning this title. No, although I thought it would have been funny if if um, Sami won it because. Brock helped him. Hmm. Um, just because I think that would have been something interesting and different. But yeah, we're getting Brock, Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns at day one. Uh, I just hope that whatever the outcome of that is, we don't have a repeat of the 2020 Royal Rumble with Brock Lesnar or Roman Reigns starting it. Mm-hmm. Because I think that would be just awful. Um, yeah, eventually they'll get eliminated, but what fun is to watch 15 people get eliminated beforehand. Yeah, I think when when Brock did it last time, it was good fun to watch. I enjoyed it. You can't do it again this soon. Yeah. Um, so whatever this whatever happens with day one, with this match, let that end that and send the other one packing for a while. Um, if you have to have... Brock lose this match and then go to the Royal Rumble, have him be immediately eliminated. Uh, maybe by Omos. Just the exclamation point, uh, his, his rocket pack. Mm-hmm. Um, or have the Royal Rumble be the debut of that Gable Stevenson and have him eliminate Brock and make that part the beginning point of their program. Yeah. Either, cool. way, either way, it keeps the title off of the part-time Brock. Yeah. That's, that's importance <laughs> uh, number one. Yeah, because um, love him or hate him, Roman has been there all year. He's not taking six months off. He's, he's at least defended the title every month there's been a pay-per-view, except Survivor Series for obvious reasons. Um, but he's been there every single week almost. A couple times he's been off. but So I'm fine with, with him continuing that for a little bit longer. Uh, but yeah, it's just... I don't want to see Brock as champion again, which is sad because I think if he didn't have that time away where he went to UFC and all that, I think Brock could very honestly have been considered one of the greatest of all time if he had just half the passion John Cena has. Yeah, and there's going to be a million what-ifs around that. Like, he is still quite the draw. Uh and and quite the wrestler when he does come out he's just that sort of spectacle uh you know as we talk about people like roman reigns who are there day in day out that's just not brock lesnar that's not the the superstar that he has carved himself out to be at this point uh he's the spectacle who comes back and just beats all your favorite people and makes you mad at him i have enjoyed his um promo work this time around though Mm. been pretty good um but yeah, it's just a case of, like, if he doesn't leave WWE, if he if he actually had the passion for wrestling the way Cena or Orton did, that's what Cena. Cena had passion to burn. That's what made him the top guy for 10 years. His willingness to do anything for the company, even at his own detriment. Uh, if 
Brock Lesnar had that kind of dedication. I don't think there's any doubt with the way his first year was that he would have been the guy without a doubt for the entire run that Cena was at, the top guy. Hmm. So I, I legitimately believe that's the only thing that keeps him out of the GOAT conversation is that he left because he didn't have the passion for it. Yeah, and if we, we flick ourselves over to Raw and we talk about the, the WWE Championship formerly around the waist of Big E, uh, he had a bit of an interesting week this week. Uh, you know, he managed to defeat Kevin Owens in a steel cage match, uh, got jumped by Seth Rollins afterwards, seemingly was holding off both of them, uh, until a new challenger emerged and, uh, Bobby Lashley looks like he wants to make himself, uh, challenger number three. Yes, that's Sounds about right. Which reminds me, we have we have one more person we need to talk about contracts, quote unquote, ending. That being Kevin Owens, mm. because he may not his contract may not be ending. Dun dun dun. I, I, take this with a grain of salt, a very very big grain of salt. <laughs> Maybe multiple grains. Yeah, there is a raw show in March. Currently advertising as the dark match main event. A fatal four-way for the WWE Championship between Big E, Seth Rollins, Bobby Lashley, and Kevin Owens. Mm. And supposedly, Owens' contract ends in, in January. Supposedly. So, if this is true, that means he's resigned. Card subject to change. True. That's, that's always the case. But that's, but it's like really weird to advertise somebody who may not be there. Yeah. We'll, we'll have to see what ends up holding in, in Kevin Owens' future, but I do think that this match, uh, if it hasn't already, will be changed into that, exactly what you say, that fatal four way. I think Bobby Lashley's gonna slide his way in there for at least WWE day one. And, uh, we're quickly running out of time, so I do want to give a little bit of time to, uh, the main event, uh, Becky Lynch, Liv Morgan, uh, banger for Liv Morgan. Unfortunately, could not pick up the win or could not pick up the championship. Nope. Uh, there's a new, um, meme worthy face in the crowd now. <laughs> there's no longer, it's no longer the Miz girl. It's the Liv girl. Um, that said, I'm not that surprised. The dirty finish with the holding the ropes gives an argument for a reason to do a rematch, where unfortunately for you, it will be a definitive fi- finish this time. No. At one, day one for Becky. No, definitive um, for Liv. Um, so I do think it was pretty stupid of her to uh, tell the Make-A-Wish person she was definitely winning the battle. <laughs> I think that was pretty stupid. Um, but yeah, I I like they are elevating Liv here. I just don't see her as champion at this time. Well, I disagree, and I see her as champion, and she will win at day one, and I will not hear any other concerns. That is what will I, happen. I think Sheamus will win, might win a world championship before Liv wins one. Another? <laughs> well, maybe that will happen as well, because then I will be happy a second time. <laughs> Um, but we have unfortunately run out of time this week. There was quite a bit of NXT at the start. Uh, it's been great talking to you. Bye.
You can visit our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash wrestling RND up or our Twitter page, twitter.com forward slash wrestling RND up or lastly our YouTube page, youtube.com forward slash wrestling RND up and we will catch you next week. For more episodes, use the accessmedia.nz app for iOS and Android devices, or subscribe to this podcast via Spotify, iHeartRadio, or Apple Podcasts. This free FM podcast was brought to you with support from New Zealand On Air.